0: podcast one production
1: your morning agenda
2: with natasha belling
0: Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Monday, the 18th of January. The Australian Open is in chaos as more players are forced into two weeks quarantine after a third plane with COVID positive passengers arrived in Melbourne last night. More than 70 players are now isolating in their hotel rooms ahead of the tournament. And here's Tennis Australia boss, Craig Tiley.
1: What has changed the last several weeks is the highly infectious nature this new UK strain and, and that's the last thing we would want to be spreading in our community.
0: Meantime, world number one tennis player Novak Djokovic has reportedly issued a letter to Australian tennis authorities calling for better conditions for players quarantining with exercise facilities and food top of the agenda. Aussie tennis legend Pat Cash has told the project forcing players into quarantine will be detrimental to their game.
1: There's no chance, no chance that, that, that any of that, certainly the men who have got to play five sets in the heat, they might, you, might, you might as well write off the, this, any chance of winning the Australian Open.
0: The tournament is set to still go ahead as scheduled on the 8th of February and we'll have more on this story coming up shortly in sport with Brett Thomas. Also making news this morning, Australian officials are seeking more information from Pfizer after a number of deaths among older people who received the COVID-19 vaccine in Norway. The Norwegian Medicines Agency says a number of people suffered side effects, with reports 29 people died after getting the jab. All of the deaths occurred in residents over the age of 75 in nursing homes. Australia has ordered around 10 million doses of the jab and Federal Health Minister Greg Hunt has confirmed he is seeking more
1: information. We have immediately sought and uh, I have been in contact uh, with the Australian medical regulator, the TGA, this morning and uh, requested uh, that they seek uh, additional information both from the company but also from the Norwegian medical regulator. We don't know yet uh, whether this is uh, a function simply of uh, age and people who are older um, and sadly uh, facing uh, the uh, natural loss of their life or whether there's any causation, and that hasn't been asserted as yet. Security
0: has been beefed up across the U.S. ahead of the inauguration of Joe Biden later this week. It follows fears of more violence after the deadly riots at the U.S. Capitol on the 6th of January. More than 25,000 National Guard members are set to arrive in Washington, but concerns are growing of violent protests at state capitals across the United States. And in breaking news this morning, Russia's leading opposition leader, Alexei Navalny, has been detained by authorities after returning home to Moscow. The key Kremlin critic was taken away by police officers after returning from Germany, where he was recovering after being poisoned by a military-grade nerve agent last year. Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Monday morning. First to Sydney, where New South Wales residents could be banned from venues like pubs and clubs if they don't get the COVID vaccine. Our reporter Siobhan Caulfield has more details from Sydney. Yeah, Tash. Well, it's looking like Aussies who refuse to get the COVID jab once it's rolled out here could be forced to cop some FOMO. Our premier is keen to prevent anti-vaxxers from going to certain high-risk venues, including pubs and clubs, with some potentially asking people to prove they've had the jab before they're allowed to enter. It's been revealed a green tick could be shown on the service New South Wales app to prove you've had a jab. While ultimately decisions around the vaccine lie with the federal government, Gladys Berejiklian has told the telly opportunities to travel overseas enter certain workplaces or some venues may be enhanced if you've had the jab further discussions about the vaccine will be carried out in coming weeks nearly 19,000 fines issued by victoria police for breaches of covid restrictions last year are set to be dropped but james lake in melbourne says not everyone is happy Thanks Tash, yet there's a lot of frustration around this backflip today. Firstly, the police are pretty annoyed after spending months enforcing the tough COVID measures. People were fined $200 for not wearing a face mask in public, $1,652 for most stay-at-home order breaches and fines of nearly $5,000 were applied for unlawful gatherings and COVID-positive people who failed to self-isolate. Now, people who already paid their fines are also pretty ticked off. At last count, though, less than 900 of the nearly 20,000 penalties were paid. Under new instructions to police, offenders will be placed on a diversion order and avoid having to pay. Authorities are concerned, though, it will undermine the future enforcement of public health orders. To WA, now on the state's hard border with Victoria, has been relaxed overnight after a run of no local COVID cases. At one minute past midnight, Victoria moved to the low-risk category in WA. Our Perth reporter Adam Hemmings joins us now. And, Adam, it's being labelled a cautious approach.
2: That's right, Tash. Premier Mark McGowan says his government is being very careful on the back of health advice. Travellers from Victoria can enter WA under six strict conditions. Those include having a G2G pass, which declares the traveller has no COVID symptoms and they must go into self-quarantine for 14 days. Dr Andrew Miller, the WA president of the Australian Medical Association, agrees with the cautious approach, saying the UK strain is a big concern.
1: In terms of keeping the state safe, Uh, this is a reasonable way to proceed.
2: Victoria now joins the ACT, Northern Territory, South Australia and Tasmania as being a low risk to WA, while New South Wales and Queensland are considered a medium risk here.
0: And far north Queensland is on high alert as tropical cyclone Kimmy edges closer to the coastline. Our reporter Matt Layton is in Cairns. And, Matt, there's a lot of uncertainty around this weather system.
1: Tash, that's right. Kimmy has been acting like her famous namesake in the past 12 to 18 hours. A little stubborn. Look at me, Kim. Look at me, Look at me. It's been moving at almost a snail's pace, but in about 24 hours this system may just pack a punch and it'll be no joking matter. This morning Kimmy is a Category 1 storm situated about 170 75 kilometres east-southeast of Cooktown and 140 k's northeast of Cairns. She's likely to make landfall tonight or sometime tomorrow, but a lot of uncertainty remains with the location and crossing time. The Bureau of Meteorology's Dean Narramore says locals should prepare for a lot of rain and wind gusts of at least 130 kilometres an hour. Strong enough to bring down numerous trees and power lines and even cause damage to property. We'll be watching very closely the next 24 to 48 hours crucial in Kimmy's Path.
0: Now, for the latest in business and finance news this Monday morning, we're joined by Peter Switzer from switzer.com.au. Good morning, Peter. Well, it is official. House prices could increase by 30% over the next three years.
2: Yes, Tash, and it is official because it comes from the Reserve Bank of Australia with confidential analysis by the central bank, which says the bank itself will be put to blame for a 30% rise in home prices. Behind the predicted rise are the historically low interest rates, which are effectively set by the Reserve Bank. So why are they doing it? Well, it's a part of their rescue plan to beat the coronavirus crash of the stock market and the related recession that has led to nearly a million Aussies out of work.
0: And the Aussie dollar wakes up this morning at 77 US cents, and it's not expected to fall anytime soon.
2: No, exactly right. Anyone planning an overseas holiday by the end of the year, if that travel, should expect to find it cheaper than you think, because expert analysts think the rise of the Aussie dollar is not over yet. In March, the dollar was only 57 US cents, and it's risen 35% since then, but there are economists out there who think it will be 80 US cents plus by year's end. Now, why? The world is throwing a lot of money at a global economic recovery to offset the negatives of the coronavirus. And when it does that, it pushes up the prices of mining exports we sell, and this increases the demand for and the price of the Aussie dollar.
0: And Peter, Pizza Hut is planning to take on Domino's, so could we have a pizza price war, and could the $5 pizza be even cheaper?
2: Could be tasked Pizza Hut used to be the dominant pizza player in Australia until the 1990s, but since then, it's been all Domino's. But now Allegro Funds, that owns Pizza Hut nowadays, wants to lift its game and list the company on the local stock market. Now, the share price for Domino's is up... over the past year and 70% since March, showing pizzas pay off big time. Expect to see a lot of Pizza Hut kiosks in coming months across the country and we're bound to see pizza price deals that would be really good for our wallets but terrible for our waistlines. The
0: pizza price war. Never thought I'd say that. It's the COVID kilos. Peter, thank you very much. Cheers. time to check sport now with Brett Thomas and Brett as we reported earlier this morning the Australian Open is in chaos after more positive COVID cases
1: yeah that's right a fifth person testing positive to coronavirus came on a flight from Doha with players and staff on Saturday morning it emerged uh, yesterday that they had tested positive to COVID-19 as you said taking that up to five now of those five confirmed cases three travelled into the country from LA an air crew member a tennis coach and the broadcaster we have 72 Two players from three flights that are now in a 14-day hard hotel quarantine. They are unable to train, and obviously a lot of players are kicking up a fuss, some saying that they weren't made aware of those conditions if they were deemed to be a close contact, while uh, others are saying that they indeed were. And also some suggestions of an unfair advantage. We have some of the big names already here in Adelaide, like Novak Djokovic, Rafa Nadal, Serena Williams, Naomi Osaka. Um, They have access to a gym. They're able to train. They can take their whole staff to the practice court whereas these other players these close contacts are confined to their hotel rooms and already there's been some accusations of some low-level breaches people popping their heads out of their hotel rooms and bragging that they got uh, uh, uber eats and that that is a no-no so you can understand the frustration that is building craig tiley though he is the tournament director and says uh, that it will go ahead as planned kicking off on february 8th just goes from bad to worse though
0: certainly does be very interesting to see how this plays out Brett also in sport news this monday morning it's a crucial day of test cricket coming up for australia at the gabba
1: Yes, the Border Gavaskar trophy is well in the balance, Tash, leading into uh, day four at the Gabba. Now, unfortunately, it could be the rain that decides this one. We have to win to claim the trophy. Uh, If it is a draw, this test, then India uh, retains the Border Gavaskar trophy. We are none for 21, leading by 54 runs. David Warner on 20, quick-fire 20 yesterday. Marcus Harris on one. We should be leading by a lot more, but India's tail wagged yesterday. The seventh wicket of Washington, Sandar and uh, Thakur put on 120 three. We just looked a bit tired and Josh Hazelwood who took five wickets said there wasn't a lot of life in the pitch for the bowlers. Yeah it's obviously a a crucial partnership by then, We had them I think about six for 200 you know around that mark so you know we thought we were well on top there and to be fair the guys batted really well. So big day coming up at the Gabba.
0: And finally the stars have claimed bragging rights over the Renegades Brett.
1: Yeah, can't take a trick, the Renegades at the moment. Another loss for them. The Stars, though, jumping up into the top three on the BBL table. It was a six-wicket win last night. Aaron Finch, his poor form for the Renegades, continues. Out for a second ball, Dark. uh, That was uh, his uh, other skipper from the Stars in, Glenn Maxwell, claiming his scalp. The Renegades all out for 150. In response, Marcus Stoinis, Nick Larkin both posted 43. Some nervous moments, though, but Nick Maddinson got them across the line with a massive boundary to win.
2: Four needed. Has he done it with one shot? You better believe it. It's probably one of the biggest hits of the night.
1: So the Stars take the points in the Melbourne Derby. Brett, thanks so much. Thanks, Tash.
0: Checking the weather details around the country now this Monday morning. Firstly to Brisbane, 30 degrees expected with a shower or two on the way. 29 and mostly sunny for Sydney. Partly cloudy atop of 23 for Melbourne today. Another warm one on the way for Canberra today. Sunny and 31. Possible shower and windy conditions for Hobart, 20 degrees. 26 and partly cloudy today for Adelaide. 34 on the way and partly cloudy also for Perth today and a shower or two expected for Darwin with a top of 34 degrees. And it's the bone-crunching vision that has gone viral about the dangers of drinking too many sherbets and then trying the famous dirty dancing lift. Millie Schlanet and her sister Rosie from Sydney were competing with each other and their partners on Christmas Day after having a few drinks to see who could pull off the tricky move from the 1980s iconic movie – But it all went horribly wrong for the 25-year-old after she flipped over her boyfriend Connor Justin's shoulders and then landed straight on her neck. The whole thing was caught on camera by her sister who was filming it and doctors who viewed the footage says it is incredible she is still able to walk, somehow only suffering bruising. The advice from Millie? Nobody puts baby in a corner, but if you do want to nail the move, practice it in the water first and perhaps not with alcohol. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. Please rate and review and you can also follow us on your socials at Your Morning Agenda on Instagram. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow.